Today starts a five-week series for the next five Sundays on Christmas. And so today we want to look at the first of these five messages out of the Gospel of Luke. And so we're in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, where the angel Gabriel comes and announces uh, God's intentions to Mary. Next week we'll go to Matthew and look at the angel's uh, interaction through a dream with Joseph. And then we'll move on from there. So I hope you can be with us for these five weeks. Christmas and the Christmas story, even out of the Bible, can, can get to the point where we think we know it and where it can become so familiar to us that, that we don't think maybe we can see anything more out of the Christmas story in the Bible. But I hope uh, to change that in some ways in the days and, and weeks ahead. In fact, as I was reading and studying and preparing for this, uh, one of the thoughts that God gave to me was, is it even possible to miss Christmas? You know, even in our society, with all the things going on and everything, is it really possible to miss Christmas? And then, as I'm thinking about all of these messages uh, from the Bible, I realize it's very possible to be in the midst of all this Christmas activity, if you will, all as we like to maybe use the term the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, and yet truly miss Christmas. Because let's remember something. Most people missed the first Christmas. I mean, there were only a few people that really got to be a part of the first Christmas because they weren't looking for what God was doing. And they weren't really walking in close fellowship with God. Therefore, God came into the world through this baby named Jesus Christ. And most people weren't there to really celebrate the first Christmas. I think about that even in terms of us as Christians. That though we can know maybe Jesus in a personal way, are we really, you know capturing the spirit of Christmas, or are we somehow missing it, if you will? And so I hope these next five weeks helps us, above all else, not to really miss what Christmas is all about. And I think when you and I are learning to walk hand in hand with God each and every day, we will never miss what is of the greatest worth and value to our lives. That's one thing we can count on. We're going to see that here today. When we choose to walk hand in hand with God, or maybe us guys, we don't want to think about walking hand in hand with God, but walking shoulder to shoulder with God, that we will never miss what is of greatest worth and value. Because we live in a world today where everybody's worried about missing something. Ah, oh, we're going to miss something, you know. Where we, you know, we even have to be so close to our phones and all this technology because we're afraid we're going to miss something. I think what we have to do as Christians is relax and rest and realize that if we're truly walking hand in hand with God every day, we will never miss anything that is of greatest worth and value to our lives. With that said, let's dive in to Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. I just want to read these verses and then we'll talk about them for a few moments. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her 
and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by the words and began to wonder about the meaning of this greeting. So the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I've not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And look, your relative Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son in her old age. Although she was called barren, she is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary said, Yes. I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. I want to look at this passage from these three perspectives. I want us to first look at Gabriel, the angel. Then I want us to look at Mary. But ultimately, and most importantly, I want us to look at what this passage teaches us about God. Because that's ultimately what's the most important. But first, let's start with Gabriel. Gabriel was one of only two angels named in the Bible, the other one being Michael. We know from Gabriel's own lips that he has sort of a special station, a special position or role for God, because he even tells people when he comes and appears before them, as he did in the Old Testament, and even to Zechariah in Luke chapter 1, I stand in the presence of God. In other words, he has a very close, intimate relationship and fellowship with God. Because as an angel, he stands there in the presence of God. And so he has a unique, again, perspective. And yet I want us to see today that how what Gabriel is doing here in this passage really can apply even to our lives. Because in a sense, we see this great angel of God coming down from the very presence of God, having spent time in the very presence of God, and he gets the opportunity from God to be able to reveal more about who God is to this young woman in Nazareth. And not only that, but then he gets to go a step further. He gets to encourage her to realize the possibilities of walking hand in hand with this God and what God wants to do and what God could do through her. Well, when you think about it, folks, don't we as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, get the same opportunity? I mean, through the way that Jesus has provided through us, through his blood, you and I get the privilege of being in the presence of God at any time we want and to spend time with God in fellowship with him and communing with him and talking with him and just being in his presence. Maybe not physically like Gabriel did, but we still can enjoy the very presence of God through the way that Jesus provided. And then we get the opportunity to be sent by God, just like Gabriel, into the lives of others to reveal to them more about who God is because we were able to spend time in His presence. The more than we understand about God, the more knowledge we gain and all of that, then we can obviously 
pass it on to others. And not only that, but then we can take it a step further too and encourage them to let God work through them and to begin to show them the possibilities here if they're willing to walk hand in hand with God, just like Gabriel. So we can identify with Gabriel in some ways. Because here is again this great angel sent from the very presence of God into this young lady's life unexpectedly. And yet it was through this meeting that God was going to use Gabriel to again unfold his plan and his intentions for this young lady's life. Now secondly, let's look at Mary for a few moments. Mary has been sort of misunderstood and taken places where Mary would have never intended for us to go throughout the history of Christianity and the church. But here's what we know the Bible teaches about Mary. First of all, when Gabriel comes to Mary, he greets her with these statements. You are a favored one. And you have actually found favor with God. These words speak about God's grace. What the angel is reminding Mary of is something no different than we should be aware of and acknowledge in our lives. And that is that the opportunities that God gives us are all because of his grace. By using the word favored, the angel Gabriel is reminding her, God is surrounding you with grace. He's enveloping you with grace. He has been throughout your life. It's all been because of God's loving kindness and mercy. It's not because Mary earned the right to be the mother of the Son of God. It's because of God's grace that she's been given this opportunity. And not only that, but when he calls her favored one, he's reminding her of this, that everything God is about to ask of you, everything that is part of his plan for your life will be overseen by his grace. In other words, God will never ask you, Mary, or ask any of us to do something if it's something that he wants without his favor, his grace surrounding us, enveloping us, and literally carrying us through. And seeing it through, that should be encouraging for us. Do we acknowledge God's grace every day, every moment? Do we realize and even recognize how important it is that God's grace, just that we be so aware of it? Because it's so important that we live like that. Not somehow thinking that God's grace is not surrounding us and enveloping us at all times. It is or we couldn't even exist. And yet so often we can go through the day not realizing God's favor is upon us because somehow we equate God's favor with some big extra special thing or something that he gives to us rather than just seeing that we exist every day. In fact, every moment of the day. Only because of God's favor and grace. Only because of his mercy and his loving kindness. Now, a couple other things I noticed here about Mary as we read this. First of all, and I'm sure this wasn't all the conversation that Mary had with Gabriel. 
I'm sure that this was just the conversation that the Holy Spirit led Mary to reveal to Luke one day so that he could record it in his gospel. But what I do notice is this. Mary doesn't do a lot of talking. Mary does a lot of listening. I think that's important. As Mary is being greeted by this angel sent from God, she's not doing a lot of talking. She's doing a lot of listening and taking in what God has for her. Especially when it comes to this child that she's going to bear. Because obviously the angel is saying, this child's not going to be like any other child. Because this child's God becoming a human being. This child has already existed. He didn't just get his beginning when you give birth to him in Bethlehem. His goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. He is God of very God. And God is going to become a man. And he's going to come through you. A very unique opportunity and situation for Mary. Now, I will say this. Mary asks one question of all this information that is bombarding her. And by the words, the, the, by the way, the words greatly troubled in verse 29 when it says, after the angel greeted her and told her that she was being favored and all of this, and it says it was greatly troubled. It just, it's a natural reaction. Her stomach was churning. Her mind was racing. It would be just like we would be. My goodness, angels visiting us don't happen every day. So obviously this angel coming to her just started her again thinking and and all of this. And that's what the words mean. God had interrupted her life. God had come in and now done something totally unexpected. She hadn't planned this. This wasn't something she thought about, especially when you start thinking about the fact that God's going to ask of her to carry a child and she's not even married yet. She's betrothed. But she hasn't consummated that with Joseph at all. And so, obviously, her mind starts trying to absorb all this. But she does ask one question. After the angel tells her, look, you're going to become pregnant in all of this. And this is who your son is going to be. And he's going to be very unique. Mary says in verse 34, how will this be? This isn't a question of unbelief like Zechariah had back in chapter 1 earlier about the birth of John the Baptist, when Gabriel comes and says, you're going to be the father of the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He asks a question of unbelief. And that's why he's rebuked. Mary here is not unbelieving. Mary is simply asking a very pragmatic, practical question. Well, if I've never had sexual relationships with a man, how then is this going to come about? In other words, what's the means And that's when the angel begins to tell her, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of God's going to overshadow you. That's how it's going to, God is going to operate. The creator of life and the creator of the universe out of nothing, if he can do that, he can create life within you apart from a man. You see. And then most importantly, I want us to see Mary's submissive surrender here to the message or announcement. Of the birth. More than anything else, verse 38, notice what Mary says. Yes. Mary says yes to God's way, to God's plan. 
She doesn't say yes to her way or her plans for her life. She says yes to God's plan for her life. And we must not pass over that. That's huge. Because let's remember who Mary is. First of all, Mary is a young teenage girl. Early teens. I mean, culturally, that's when girls got engaged and all of that in that culture would have been early teens. And after hearing this extraordinary announcement come to her from the very presence of God through the angel of Gabriel and basically tells her what God's going to ask of you is going to turn your life and your world upside down forever, she says, yes. Yes. Oh, that we would learn to say yes to God's plan rather than trying to get God to say yes to our plan. And let's remember something, and we'll get into this more as the weeks progress through this Christmas story. Let's remember that what God was going to ask of this young teenage girl was not easy at all. Because most people throughout Mary and Joseph's life never bought into the whole thing that she wasn't pregnant by a human being. Let's face it. Most people never thought that. Most people thought she had sex with somebody. Maybe it wasn't Joseph, but Holy Spirit, no, I'm sorry. And then to think that the unique challenges it was going to be for this young lady who was a sinner in need of a Savior. And by the way, she acknowledges that over in verse 47 of this same chapter where she calls God her personal Savior. That she was going to have to raise the Son of God in her household. Along with, remember, this was her and Joseph's firstborn And the Bible clearly teaches us that they had other children after Jesus came along. And so she had that. And then to realize that God was going to ask of this mother to have to go through the pain of watching her own firstborn son crucified on his cross when he was probably a very young man. And yet, even though she didn't understand all that saying yes to God would have for her and would mean her attitude was one of surrender. God, I don't want my plan for my life. I may have plans as a young teenage girl of what I want my life to look like, but God, if you're coming to me and you're asking me to do this, I'm going to say yes, because even at that young age, through Mary's relationship to God and through Mary's relationship to God through the Scriptures... Mary understood something really important, that when I'm willing to walk hand in hand with God, I will never miss in life what is of greatest value and worth to me. And Mary understood, this may be something very hard for God, that God's asking me to do, something that's going to turn my world upside down forever, but if this is the greatest worth and value for me as a human being, then God, I'll say yes to it even though it's not going to be easy, even though it's going to be very, very 
heart. In fact, she calls herself, notice in verse 38, a servant of the Lord. This word servant is a very significant word. It means one who gives themselves up to another's will. In other words, Mary saying, not my will, not what I want, God, not my plan, what you have for me, God. I say yes to that. It also means one who is devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. In other words, this young lady, as young as she was, was so devoted to God that she basically said when she said yes to God, God, I'm so devoted to you that if this means my interests have to take a back seat over your interests and what you want for me, yes, God, yes. And I think the most significant thing that we can learn from Mary and gain from Mary is her submissive surrender to God's plan and God's will for her life. Because even at such a young age, it was never about what she wanted. It was about what God wants. And oh, that we all could get there. Where it's not about what we want. It's about God, just what do you want? But then I want us to see some things about God, obviously, from this. Because I think we can learn so much about God by slowing down and just traveling a little bit slower through this very familiar Christmas story. If you go back up to verse 26 and 27, we note that the angel Gabriel came to this little obscure village called Nazareth. To, again, a very obscure, very ordinary girl named Mary. In other words, what we learn about God there is this. God didn't come to the great cities of Athens or Rome or even Jerusalem and Israel at this time to break forth this great plan and work through some big power and mover and shaker and powerful person and and king and queen. He noticed a young teenage girl in a very obscure little town named Nazareth. And what it reminds us of is nothing escapes our God's notice. Nothing escapes his eye. There are no little places and little people and too obscure and God never sees. God saw this young teenage girl in a place like Nazareth. And chose her to be the mother of the Son of God. Nazareth. Maybe a couple hundred people lived there. God knows. God knew what was going on. God had observed what Mary's life was like and her relationship with him. Maybe nobody, nobody else in this ancient world knew of Mary except her own family and maybe a few close friends. Nobody would have even known about this girl. But God knew about her. God knew about her. And you and I need to remind ourselves of that. We sometimes think that we can get lost in the mass of humanity. God, there's billions of people on this planet now. And I'm just this little one little person in this little place. And God noticed Mary in Nazareth. And if God noticed Mary in Nazareth, God notices you where you are. There are no little people or little places when it comes to God. 
Secondly, we learn here about God that he does want to just pour out his favor and his grace on us all the time. And he does do that. It's just, it's not a matter of his favor and his grace is not surrounding us and enveloping us at all times. It's more of the fact that we just don't acknowledge it or recognize it. We basically walk around with God's grace surrounding us and enveloping us at all times. And that's one of the things we learn from the Christmas story when the angel comes and says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Well, he could say that to any one of us. He could come to you today and remind you and me, Jeff, you're favored because God's grace surrounds you all the time. And the Lord is with you all the time. He, he's not distant. He's not some real far away place. He's right here with you at all times. In fact, sometimes the smallest words in the Bible have the most meaning. And today, as I was preparing for this message today, the word that kept standing out to me from this whole passage was the word with. The Lord is with you, Mary. The Lord is with you, Jeff. The Lord is with each of you today. And His grace surrounds you. Now notice again too in verse 30 when the angel says to her, do not be afraid. We learn something else about our God. The word afraid here means Mary, don't run away or don't be scared away from what God has for you. And what this reminds us of is there may be times in our life where God asks us to do some scary things, if you will. Some things that may initially cause fear like, God, I I don't want to do that. That's scary. My first initial human response is to run away. And God gets that. That's why he says through the angel, don't run away. Don't be scared away. Embrace what I have for you. Because know, Mary, that if you embrace what I have for you and for your life, it will be of the greatest worth and value to you and to others. And God wants us to be the same way. He may come to us at times and lead us to do things that are pretty scary. But what the angel's going to remind Mary of is, but the Lord is with you. And that makes whatever he's asking you to do, even though it may be scary to you, it may also be something that we're able to navigate, even though it's going to be hard and scary and and, and all of that, because God's going to be with us every step of the way. So we learn that about God in the Christmas story as well. And after the angel again tells Mary that this child is going to be so unique because he is the child that's been prophesied throughout the Old Testament scriptures and he is God of very God coming down to earth in the form of a human being and he's going to one day rule throughout eternity. That also tells us something about our God. That our God sometimes wants us to be part of some extraordinary stuff. And when you even think about it, that though we may not have literally carried Jesus like Mary literally carried him for nine months in her womb and then bore him and then raised him. Yet again, as Christians, just like we have some parallels with Gabriel, we have some parallels with Mary, too, because we do have Jesus in our lives. If we're a follower of Jesus Christ and we have believed in him as our savior and we have the opportunity to carry Jesus to others 
and to share him with others, just like his literal physical parents did some 2,000 years ago. And then I love this. In verse 35, when she asks, well, how is this going to be since I've never had sex with a man? He says, look, the Holy Spirit can work through you in ways you've never dreamed about. And the power of God, the strength and the ability of God can bring about things that, again, you never dreamed about. And that tells us something about God as well. That God never asked Mary or asked of us to do something without the aid of His Holy Spirit who lives within us now and His own power that He is willing to pour out into our lives every day. That yes, what God may ask of us at times may be scary, it may be hard, it may be all these things, but He also always promises that if we're going to do what He asks, He will be with us and His Holy Spirit will be in us enabling us and His power will be there for us as well. Again, God will never ask of us anything that He will not give us all the resources and things that we need to carry it out in full. We learn that about our God. So that again, we can be comforted and encouraged that God will never ask of us more than what He will not give us the grace, the power, the strength, His Holy Spirit to be able to do. Because He never asks us to do something apart from Him if it's His will. If it's something He's asking us to do, then He says, and it's always going to be with me. The Lord is with you. Gabriel says to Mary. So I love this. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, literally overtake you. The Holy Spirit will operate within you in a sense and bring about this life. And the power of the Most High, that's just a way of saying there's no one higher or greater than you, God. You are the highest and greatest in the universe. There is no rank above you, God. You're it. And so he's saying, because God is the highest, the most high, the greatest, then if his power is on you, then what else do you need? And that's when he reminds her again, that's why this child that's going to be born in you is going to be oh so different than any other child that's ever been born. He will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And then another thing we learn about God in verse 36 is God is a God of reassurance and confirmation. That he understands that there's going to be times where we still may hesitate and, and doubt and, and have these you know doubts and feelings and all of this that we struggle with. So notice that the angel gives Mary even reassurance and confirmation that this God can do this when he says to her, hey, your relative Elizabeth, who is quite old now and who's been barren all her life, she's six months pregnant. And so God wants you to know that fact, Mary, so that you can be assured that the God who did this in her and performed this miracle in her to bring about this life in her at this age, after all these years of not being able to have children, He's the same God who's going to come upon you and bring about the pregnancy and birth of your son as well. When you and I are willing to walk hand in hand with God, Knowing that if we walk hand in hand with him, we will never miss what is of greatest worth and value. 
that God promises us too, that along the way, because he knows that our faith will wane and need reassurance and need confirmation, that God will do that for us. That even though it gets scary at times, God will continue to come into our life, reassuring us and giving us confirmation that we're going down the right road and just keep taking hold of his hand and keep walking in the direction that he's called us to. As hard and as difficult and as scary as it may be. And then if you remember no other verse out of this passage, I would like you to carry this verse from this message today with you throughout this week, this month, and this coming year. Verse 37. When the angel Gabriel says, for nothing will be impossible, and then notice this big, small word, with God. In other words, the angel is reminding Mary something about our God. That when it comes to doing something with him, it should never be, I can't. If God is asking us or telling us to do something, there's no such thing as cannot or unable with God. Now, on our own, absolutely. There are going to be many things on our own without God that are hard, if not impossible. But with God, the angel says, nothing is impossible because there is no such word as cannot or unable in God's vocabulary when it comes to what he can do. So think about that for a moment. Is life really hard right now and difficult? Then one of two things. Are you doing something God never asked of you to do? Are you doing something someone else is asking you to do and that's why it's so hard? Because God never asked you to do this? Or are you convinced... That this is what God is asking of me, and even though it's hard, I know I'm going to be able to navigate this because I have the confidence and the assurance that God is with me through this very hard, difficult time. And He's going to be with me every step of the way, and His favor is going to surround me every step of the way, and the Holy Spirit's going to be there to help me, and His power is going to overshadow me, and there's nothing that I cannot do with God, and therefore I can face whatever. Whatever difficulty, whatever scary, whatever challenges out there, because I know that I'm not doing this on my own. I know I'm doing this with God. Because that's the message that really the angel wanted to get to Mary. Mary, I get it. God gets it. What he's asking of you, this young teenage girl, it's scary. It's hard. You're going to face a lot of challenges that no other mother in history ever had to face. Just because of who your son was. But if you walk hand in hand with God every day, Mary, nothing will be impossible. You'll be able to navigate this difficult, challenging, 
plan that God has for your life because you're going to do it every day with God. And then the Bible says that, again, Mary said yes to that. And she didn't know all that her surrender was going to mean, obviously. She couldn't foresee maybe into the future and see that horrible crucifixion that her son was going to have to go through and that she was going to have to witness. And maybe even all the challenges, obviously, as a young teenage girl, of what it would mean to raise the Son of God in their household and all of that. But in spite of the fact that God was not going to reveal every piece of His plan to her, she knew this. She knew enough to say yes. She knew enough from the angel's information that if God's going to be with me, Through every step of the way. If He says He'll walk with me. If He says that His Holy Spirit and His power will overshadow me. And that His favor has surrounded me. Yes. And then the Bible says the angel departed. In just a few moments. And please don't check out just because I'm transitioning here a little bit. In just a few moments we're each going to go to that table And we're going to take the Lord's table today and we're going to take those elements that symbolize His body and His blood, Jesus. And many times when we even talk about the Lord coming even at Christmas time and whatever, obviously, and very importantly, we focus on, again, the reason why He came was to be our Savior and to deliver us from our sins and to offer forgiveness and a relationship with God. But I want us today, again, based upon this message today from the Gospel of Luke, to go a step even further than that. When we go up to that table today and partake of those elements, let's not remember that Jesus just left the glories of heaven as God and assumed that human body and did what He did on earth and went to that cross just to provide a way for us to have a relationship personally with God. That He also did all of that so that we would have a God that we could walk hand in hand with or shoulder to shoulder with every day of our lives. That it's not just, God, now I know You and I know my sins are forgiven and I know I'm on my way to heaven and I know we have a relationship. It goes even much deeper than that. That's why when Jesus instituted the Lord's table with His own disciples, He did it at supper. It was a, it was a way of saying... Guys, this isn't just about relationship. This is about fellowship. Because in Jesus' culture, to share a meal with somebody was significant. It was a great sign of fellowship and bonding. And Jesus saying, in the midst of this meal, when He takes the wine and He takes the bread, He's saying to His fellow disciples and to those who have initially followed Him, I'm not just going to the cross so you can have a relationship with God. I'm going to the cross tomorrow so that you can have fellowship and so that you never have to walk one minute of your life without walking it hand in hand with me. That's what the Lord's table means to us. That's what it should mean to us. That's what Christmas should mean to us. Not just that the baby Jesus was born to provide a way of salvation and deliverance for us who believe in Him. But the story of Christmas is about God also providing a way for us to walk hand in hand with Him every day of our lives. Through everything. Through sometimes very difficult, hard, scary things. 
Just like God says to Mary, I'm with you. And nothing, nothing is ever impossible with God. Are you walking hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with God today? Then if you are, you need to know there's nothing that you and God aren't going to be able to accomplish together. Because there is no such thing as God is unable or cannot. The only question is, are we with God? Are we going our own way? Or like Mary, have we said yes to God's plan for my life? Whatever that holds. Knowing that if God is calling us and asking us to do something, He'll see it through from beginning to end, just like He did with Mary. This is the message of Christmas. This is the message we need to get out today. Because most people not only don't know Jesus in a personal way, they don't even have no concept about the fact that Jesus wants to walk with them hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with them every day. For them, even if God exists, He's so far away and He's so distant and He's so uncaring, there's no no hope and no help not with our Jesus. And so when you go back to that table, remember that. That you're not just taking up those elements as symbols of His body and His blood broken and shed for us so that we could have a way to God. Those also symbolize for us that we can walk with God every day, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder. I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up. I'm going to ask the ladies to get in place to dismiss us. And I'm going to pray. And after I pray, you're going to begin to be dismissed during this last song to go up and get those elements off that table. We would just ask that you would come back to your seat and just hold those until everyone is served. And then at the end of the song, I will come out And we will make sure that we partake of this all together just the way Christ wanted it done. Where we all partake of this together just as He did with His disciples. And again, don't miss this. The song we're ending with today is a song entitled, Here With Us. And it's not just a reminder that God came down from heaven to be here with us. But it's also a reminder that God wants to literally be right here with us. Walking hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with us through everything in life. Even the scary, difficult, hard things that God may be asking of us to navigate and to do. Because if we do it with Him, nothing's impossible. Let's pray. God, help us to see today from these very familiar words about the Christmas story, the very first Christmas where Jesus left the glories of heaven and came in such a humble way to such an obscure little village to a young teenage girl. 
Lord, help us to realize in these next weeks that we have, that Lord, though the Christmas story may seem and may even be very familiar to us, help us to see this with a fresh set of eyes. Help us to see things from the coming of Jesus into this world that maybe we hadn't seen or hadn't reflected on or thought about for quite a while. And one of the greatest things the Christmas story tells us is that you are a God that not only wants to provide a way of salvation to you so that we can have a personal relationship with you, but God, you are a God that wants to walk with us hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with us every day. And you want us to realize something. That even though there will be times in our life that are scary, that are difficult, that are challenging, that are hard. That if we're walking hand in hand and shoulder to shoulder with you, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible. As long as it's with you. So God, even though we know you're here with us. Help us as we approach that table and as we sing this song and as we close our service today to make sure that we're with you. That we're walking hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder with you. Saying yes to you, just like Mary did. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.